it's Gilbert Gottfried. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, your go-to podcast on old things mining. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined by a longtime mining uh, person, Tim Arnold. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing really good, Brian. Yeah, good, good. And uh, we're recording this during the pandemic, and hopefully that's not negatively affecting you or your work or your family too much. No, uh, I'm double vaxxed and got it. And then uh, we're doing a really good job of managing up at the property. So uh, it's uh, it's certainly not been a fun thing to go through, but we're we're in good shape and we've done a good job. Good. And I, I don't know if it's actually in the final phase of the pandemic, but it kind of feels like it anyway. Yeah, uh, I hope so. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not counting the chickens before they hatch, but uh, you know, yeah. I got that feeling too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself, your your uh, background, your education. Okay. Well, I uh, I'm a mining engineer. Uh, went to the great uh, mining college at the University of Idaho in Moscow. Um, I went there mostly just because uh, they gave out more scholarships than anything else and got into <laughs> mining because they had a lot of scholarships. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, went underground my first summer in 1976 in, uh, in Arizona and loved it. Just loved underground, loved mining and uh, stuck with it, got through school. And uh, when I got out in 82, um, the, there weren't any jobs, so I probably ended up working as a laborer, as a, you know, worked my way into a miner's position actually at one place in Uray, Colorado. And uh, so I've got lots of good practical experience, which was the foundation of my, my education, I, I believe. I, I think I got a good education from the University of Idaho, but I got a way better education from the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's always a great, great place to learn for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your career. What happened to you after college? Well, uh, I worked for two, three years as, uh, as a miner or a laborer. Um, the, my first job out of college, the guy hired me and he, on, on the uh, agreement that I wouldn't tell anybody I was an engineer. Um, <laughs> He just needed, he needed a laborer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, not being able to find a lot of work in the United States back then, my wife and I went to Africa for uh, about four years, got into the Goldfields training program, managed, uh, you know, at one point I had a stope at uh, 3,200 meters under underground, mm. uh, running a few hundred people. 
and then uh, went over to the coal mines for a couple of years there in Africa uh, as an engineer. It's my first real engineering job. Okay. Uh, and then uh, she and I came back kind of in the heyday in Nevada mining back in 88 and thought I'd be able to find a job, you know, real quick because, you know, Nevada was really kicking off. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. It wasn't. It was kind of hard. And then, so then I went into contract, uh, contracting with in, and engineering with Redpath. Um, left them after a few years and pretty much have been in operations or building mines ever since. Uh, I love, I love miners. I just love being around them. So I got back into uh, uh, operations and worked my way through, you know, typical engineering, chief engineering, superintendent level positions. Spent about 10 years as a general manager at a variety of mines because it is a cyclic industry. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, once the kids got out of school, I decided I, I always wanted to be kind of on a mine site while my children were still in school so I could, you know, see the baseball games and, and volleyball games and things like that. And uh, then once they got out of school, I kind of decided to go the corporate route. And since uh, since then, I've been you know either a VP or COO of mining companies. Mostly, honestly, ever since I got uh, left uh, Lane Mines at uh, Kensington, I've pretty much been um, building mines. Uh, just. Uh, either doing feasibility studies or and the permitting or uh actually putting them into production oh okay yeah yeah very cool very cool yeah so what uh where are you now so right now i'm uh well i'm at my desk in reno <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> but uh i work for integra resources which is uh opening up the the um what we're calling the Integra Delamar uh, project up in Southwest Idaho. It's the old uh, Delamar. I think it, a lot of time it was called the Delamar Silver Mine. Uh, Kinross, we picked it up from Kinross in 2017. Uh, they had done a absolutely fantastic job of reclamation up there. Uh, as a matter of fact, they won the the uh, Department of Interior's uh, Excellence in Mine Reclamation Award in 2009. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's really been a fantastic property, but there's a lot of gold and silver left up there. And we picked it up uh, to see if we could develop it. And we've done really well. We've we've uh, we've encouraged in, in, Well, we've created a resource and reserves. We just finished a PFS here last week, actually. And uh, we've got wow. a we've got a good project uh, right now. It's um, it's it's looking real good. Uh, we've 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 got a lot of exploration potential, and um, even even in today's pricing, which is horrific compared to two years ago, uh, mm. it's, uh, it's quite economic. It's quite robust. Oh, that's that's great. So there's a lot of a lot of historic mining in Idaho, of course, but presently there's not a lot going on. Is it? Is there a reason? Is it difficult to open a mine in Idaho? Um, no, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, the state's uh, the state's very welcoming. Um, it, I hearken it back to, you know, Nevada 10, 10 15 years ago. Um, yeah. got a, we're, a, we're a very good project in a, a very 
pro-mining state. It's very pro-mining. Um, I think I think a lot of uh, there, and there is an awful lot of good little good projects right now uh, in the works in Idaho. So I, I you know, we've got the the um, phosphate patch in the southwest of oh, or yeah. southeast yeah. of Idaho yeah. that's yeah. just huge. Yep. Then you've got the Silver Valley up there, which you've still got some some active mines, and they're and they're bringing the mighty Bunker Hill back online, I think. Hmm. So there's still some uh, there's still some good mining up there, but there's an awful lot of really good projects out there too. So you're seeing a kind of a resurgence of mining in central and southern Idaho of, of precious metals. But you're right; it's been a long time since a mine, a precious metal mine, or a hard rock mine's been. Um, permitted in Idaho and I would say the only the only issue we've got is not necessarily uh, anti-mining but just uh, don't really have a lot of experience permitting mining and I'm talking about the BLM and the the forest service up there trying to trying to get your permits but the people we're working with have been pretty pretty helpful and uh, and good to work with oh that's great that's great and and maybe the reason that it hasn't been the hot the hot bed that it probably deserves is because it was so active down in nevada yeah i mean there's there there you know everybody competes whether you're a junior or a, or a major mining company everybody competes for capital yeah and uh i think uh i think that <laughs> there's just been an awful lot of a lot of different things that people people can be uh looking to spend their money on and uh uh, and Idaho's, uh, it's starting to look, you know, pretty attractive. You're starting to see an awful lot of really good operators or uh, ex-operators looking at what they can do up there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. So according to, to your brand new PFS, what would your start date be? What When would you start uh, actually mining there? Um, well, we're right now what we're saying is we've got the PFS done in January we have another year or so uh, year plus I'm saying H1 of 2023 put in a plan of operations uh, hopefully get the get the, the the rest of the engineering to a state where we can put the plan of operations in and then uh, assuming uh, maybe two years to be able to get the rest of the permitting done you know we are a we're a browns field mm -hmm. so we've got literally decades of data uh to help with the baseline work um we've been doing baseline work for a year and a half or a year yeah well over a year uh, so we're in pretty good shape on being able to get all that together and uh we've we've got our third party uh, already in place so we've as we've been putting the plans together they've been approved by the BLM and the third party. So there shouldn't be any real big surprises when we put out the draft EIS and, uh, you know, you, <laughs> knock on wood, but, um, yeah, you know, hopefully the, it'll be, it, we're, we're able to, by doing the, the really heavy lifting up front, we're able to, uh, to shorten the, the, uh, DEIS and EIS, uh, timeframe. So we're saying about two years after that. So, that puts us uh, construction uh, sometime in 2025. Mm, okay. How many, how, how many people would that directly employ, if you know? 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at right around 330 right now. Um, and of course, you know, construction's always probably at least double that. Yeah. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, we're going to start out simple with the heap leach, uh, get that up and running, get some cash flow running from that to help finance the milling process. So it's, uh, it's not a, it's not a huge pre-production capital expenditure mm -hmm. but it's uh it is a good uh and and of course like i say we get some um get some good cash flow going to be able to build the uh the mill so yeah excellent so that was going to be my next question so i assume that you at least start off with an open pit is there uh underground potential to it as well there's a lot of potential underground there and of course that's it's this district is uh is is fairly famous it was if you were reading the san francisco papers in the 1890s there yeah the comstock and 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 the uh, silver city district of idaho were trying to out promote each other oh, okay <laughs> comstock won by the way yeah, yeah um, right. <laughs> but they you know they produced an enormous amount of gold and silver from this area and it was all underground narrow vein stuff so we've got uh, you know 100 plus hits of, of plus four gram material that we've hit wow uh, underneath florida mountain so we're looking at it really hard um it's a ways away though. We've got uh, we've got some more work to do before we can get that into a, a reserve state status for sure. So we're focusing right now on just open pit. We've got a really good um, oxide and mixed component that'll all go to that heat leach pad, and that's the that's the you know the majority of the uh, the ounces that we're going to be able to produce. And then we've got a a very uh, significant um, non-oxide. Uh, component as well that we'll put through that mill and it'll run for for quite a few years yeah and i would imagine that the heap leach regulations in idaho are very similar to nevada well as a matter of fact they're very similar to nevada yeah. because we just went through them uh through the cyanide they have a, a cyanide rulemaking that we we all worked on these la a couple of years ago and uh they worked with nevada quite a bit on uh on putting together these these new roles because they were they were old and they were very uh you know they were very dictatorial and you don't want those in the rules because all of a sudden you're you're basically telling somebody how to how to put a pad together what you need to do is make sure that the pad's going to protect the water that's that's the purpose and so they the state of state of nevada worked with the state of idaho quite a bit and then of course we all had all the all the stakeholders were involved with the with the uh, uh, re revising the regulations, and they're pretty good. They're a little stricter than Nevada is right now, um, but uh, I think you know if Nevada were rewriting their regs today, they'd probably probably do the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I think I sat in on some of those meetings, the cyanide rule meetings, with you, at, at least uh, remotely. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what is the life of your mine based on your reserves that you have right now? Uh, so the heap leach is about uh, seven, eight years. Mm. Um, and uh, it's at 35,000 ton a day heap leach uh, with a tertiary crush. Okay. And uh, then we've got uh, the mill starting in, uh, starting in about year three. 
and that'll go on for a uh, so the whole mine life goes on a total of 16 years so that we'll we'll be in the latter years from years about nine to 16 it'll be mill only production um having said that you know we we've got lots of opportunity for expansion through through exploration so hopefully we'll be able to uh, keep on do, finding ores for that heap leach pad yeah so this it's interesting to me that kinross uh, like you say they they reclaimed it and walked away and they're happy to walk away but how how come there's still so much ore in the ground that that they were okay leaving you know that's a great question and we've been asked that you know somewhere around 300 million times yeah. <laughs> um i think you know like i said earlier you know everybody fights for capital and kinross had some great projects out there uh and has great projects out there and if you look at if you look at some of their you know their star mines um you know the expansions of there probably outweighed the restart of Delamar, ah. and I think after you know after a certain period of time, and you spent so much money and effort uh, reclaiming something, you know it kind of moves out of the you know project phase into the reclamation phase, both in the operator's eyes and and probably more important the accounting yeah. department. And so I think I think it just uh, you know became a more of a, a, a project for them. I think that was their first opportunity to show the world how they could reclaim a place, and they did a like I said before a fantastic job at it. So I think that's uh, you know it just uh, got to a point where uh, they were spending you know a certain amount of money every, all year every year for care and maintenance, and they probably just had uh, their eyes on a couple different things, and we walked in and said that looks good to us what do you and created a deal and and uh we're taking it to town yeah very cool tell us about some either challenges or successes along the way with this property um well the successes is you know was going from uh basically you know zero resource to uh proven improbable of uh you know 1.8 million gold uh, 92 million silver at this point um, we've got uh, um, uh, an enormous area there that we can uh, we've got to explore on uh, both for uh, you know brown fields as well as uh, green fields out there at the black sheep and war eagle and deep uh, underground florida mm. so there's a there's a lot of opportunity there um, challenges, honestly, uh, we're, we're at the top of a mountain, yeah. uh, in Idaho. And, uh, so you've got the, you've always got the weather. Uh, we've got a, we've got an incredible workforce within the last year and a half. We've had, uh, I think four people that have retired from Delamar with, uh, 35 years. Oh, plus, oh that's very cool. Uh, at that property. But, uh. You know, we've 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 also, you know, we're working to re-permit uh, or permit a mine in an area that hasn't had any uh, any mines permitted in a long time. So working with the BLM and and trying to get them up to speed and and to understand modern mining and how how things are done and how permitting's done. Uh, they've been you know been very good to work with. 
but uh, you know, it's probably a lack of experience just statewide in, in these sorts of things because nobody's done it. Um, you know, metallurgy is challenging uh, with any type of non-oxide ore. Um, it, we've, and we've got, it's, uh, we've got several different ore bodies, really, when you look at uh, the metallurgy. Uh, we've got stuff that just uh, leaches like a dream. We've got stuff, you know, after it, the, we've got non-oxides that just fine grind and leach beautifully. And then we've got non-oxides that fine grind and fine grind more and don't leach very well. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. uh, it's getting a better understanding of, of the metallurgy out there. And, and we've got a really good handle on it. We're at a pre-feasibility level. We've got more work to do. But uh, there's a there's a lot of upside potential out there if we can figure out a way to to oxidize some of these uh, non-oxides that we have. And one of the things we've been looking at is the Albion process. We're we're well on our way of doing the test work necessary for that. And if if that uh, if that turns out as good as we hope, then uh, then there the sulfide resource will probably grow. And uh, and uh, that and we've got a lot of we've got a lot of the non-oxide uh, out there that we've identified. So those are the big challenges. But uh, it's really been a great project. It times out well. Uh, we are, you know, we're getting incredible recoveries off the heap leach and from the Florida Mountain deposit. Uh, the the Delamar deposit's a little rougher, hmm. but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. It's been a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, yeah. But tell me, if you've had an interesting career. What kind of advice would you give to somebody in the mining field that's just kind of starting out? You know, maybe they're in their first five years. <laughs> wow, uh, that's I love that question. Um, <laughs> so I teach it at, uh, at Mackey at the University of Nevada Reno, and I teach a class on mine management, and literally. My first class, I tell the students uh, that are all—they're all seniors, so they're all about you know to get it, go out into the world. I say uh, your first five years, don't choose a job based on title, don't choose a job based on how much money you're going to make, uh, and for God's sakes, don't choose a job based on quality of life. Choose a job based on what you're going to learn in those first five years. Oh, that's awesome advice. Yeah, it is the it's the basis of the rest of your life, and uh, it's way more important uh, to uh, to do that. And then the other thing I tell them is they, uh, I don't know if I can say this, uh, <laughs> but they don't know uh, much. I'll, I'll put it that way. I don't use that word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and they and they realize that uh, you know the education's great. They get a great education, but the fact is. Uh, get out out there and do your real real learning uh, after you graduate. And I've had a whole bunch of students come back to me later and said, you were right, I didn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> I started learning the day I started that job. Yeah, I, I didn't use much of anything I learned in college except for maybe some computer skills. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great basis. I mean, it yeah. shows that you've got the wherewithal to get through school and and, you know, and, and you know how to solve problems with math. But uh, yeah, 
yeah <laughs> but beyond that uh yeah and and i and i'm because i love miners so much i make sure that they recognize that they're, they're not going to learn from their bosses per se yeah they're going to learn from those guys doing the you know the putting the rock in the box yeah yeah interesting so we've covered a lot of a lot of uh ground today was there anything else you wanted to talk about that we haven't already mentioned no, I just want to answer whatever questions you have. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So um, where would most of your workforce come from? I know that there's a lot of uh, positions that you can train local people into, uh, but there's also going to be technical staff that probably needs to come from somewhere else. Sure. Um, you know, Jordan Valley, uh, we're right outside of Jordan Valley, Oregon. And, uh, you know, just south of Marcin, um, Idaho. So, and, you know, all the way down to McDermott. So I would say everything between McDermott and, um, and uh, um, Marcin into even the, the Boise Valley would be where we can pull a lot of people. Um, this is all farming and ranching yeah. uh, area. And so, you know, we all know what we we all we all know how that works you know you've got a nice little rancher farming and uh you know you have four kids and one of them gets to stay on the farm so <laughs> and, and i think that's where most of the people that worked at at, uh, at delamar before came from the uh you're right the technical people uh will be coming probably from all over yeah. we've hired uh we've hired several technical people i'll tell you what uh, offering somebody you know uh, a life in Boise because it's it, it is commutable yeah. uh, versus uh, a lot of other places is, is very attractive uh, so we've got all of that you're 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 mining in a beautiful beautiful part of the world it's one of the best elk hunting areas in the, in the nation mm. um, so you know there's there's we've had good luck so far uh we gotta we gotta stay competitive we've gotta make sure we i think one of the things i love about working for integra is is the people i work with this is probably one of my top top two or three jobs i've ever had in my life when it comes to with how much respect and and uh, appreciation i i have for my co-workers and we're very very interested in uh, sticking to our core values which uh, is integrity and care and innovation. And so these, these, this company has been great to work with. And I think we're attracting a lot of people just because we think outside the box. Uh, we uh, we're very good to our people and we, uh, we, we try to care for them uh, in all manners. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've got a, a solar LGN component to this property. Mm. Uh, we're using rail to haul ores where we actually generate electricity um, on an ore haul, which is yeah. really, really makes it economic. Wow. So, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking outside the box and uh, this has been an exciting company to work for. So we've, we've pulled a lot of good people just, uh, just because of our ability to, to live to our uh, core values, I think. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I know from all of my years in Elko and Spring Creek, watching the weather report, Boise always had uh, nicer winter temperatures than Elko and Spring Creek. So it's, it's, it's a pretty livable place. It sure is. Uh, it's a matter of fact, it's, uh, it's, it's an awful lot like Reno weather. So mm, yes, yeah. 
which is better than Spring Creek and Elko. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Tim, it's it's been great uh, catching up with you and hearing about your property. Is is there any uh, key takeaways or pearls of wisdom you want to drop on us? Um, no, just watch what we're doing up there. It's it's a great project and uh, it's a great group of people to work with. Um, I I'm a I'm not a vision or mission statement person mm-hmm. probably figured out I'm a huge core values person and yeah. uh, all I can say is figure out what your core values are early in life and stick to them and uh, you'll be surprised how many other people have very similar core values as you uh, that sounds sounds good and yeah once you you um, do something to ruin your reputation it's, it's hard to recover from that so that's yeah really good advice yeah yeah well tim like, like i said uh great catching up with you i know you're a busy guy so i'll let you get back to it but yeah thanks for spending some time with us today well thank you and thanks for doing this uh yeah. I, I appreciate the efforts it takes to put this out and it's very uh very informative oh thank thank you tim it's always nice to hear some some feedback appreciate it okay all right thanks tim all right have a good day I, you too Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rocking.